we do attack middle class church. We all have a sense that our politics is too boisterous, too loud, too combative. Political polarization and divisiveness have come to be the norm rather than the exception. The word politics has become extremely charged over the past few years. American citizens want to avoid politics or anything close to the subject. According to a 2019 Pew poll, only 17% of people feel very comfortable discussing politics. With these high levels of discomfort and polarization, how do college students, the next generation of Americans, feel talking about these taboo subjects? Hannah Smith, a teaching student at Weber State University, only feels comfortable talking about government happenings with her close peers. I've never talked about politics with my family, usually because it's a touchy subject, <laughs> because our opinions start clashing. She isn't alone. Rain Robinson, an honor student at the University of Utah, also avoids bringing up politics around her family. I feel like I'm most comfortable talking around my friends. Um, I feel like my friends and I very rarely disagree on things. I guess that's one thing that makes me comfortable is like if I know that they're not going to outrageously disagree with me, then I'm not going to not be uncomfortable talking about politics with them. But there are those who do feel comfortable talking politics, such as Chelsea Young, a pre-med student at the University of Utah, who feels extremely comfortable talking politics. However, she admits she understands why people tend to avoid the subject. It's something that we don't, we aren't taught to talk about openly and that it's very seen as a sensitive subject kind of thing. We're taught to see differing viewpoints as a bad thing, and it makes people uncomfortable to disagree. Smith points out there are certain cultural and social norms that play a major role in when and who can talk politics. I feel like there's like a hidden structure of a culture or social norm where only in certain aspects in our life or certain times is when it's okay to talk about politics. Like men talking about politics is totally fine. But if like women get together and talk about politics, that's like, mm, that's like a no thing. Even considering the social rules and cultural norms, when people do eventually bring up government topics, they tend to take them personally. Chelsea Young explains why she thinks that is. We need to acknowledge the intersectionality of politics and how much it is tied to every part of your life and identity. Politics. 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 The second reason why we automatically shift to defensiveness is a majority of humans do not take criticism well. So it's kind of like a fight or flight kind of a thing. And a lot of people I know will just flight it out and just kind of leave or change the subject. Young also notes the way that fight can quickly come into any sort of political discussion. When politics comes up and people start talking about ideas, insults come in like way too quick to shut people down, like immediately, you know, especially within like social media platforms and stuff. Like there's no civil discussion whatsoever. Robinson argues that this comes down to social comparison theory. We want people to like us. We want them to like our opinions and everything. So if we're able to pull being a MAGA individual into our identity, then we're being liked by a group of people, no matter if that's the majority or the minority. We're being liked by that group of people. We want to be liked. We want to be able to fit in. But we always are comparing ourselves to others. Tomorrow we are going to win this state and we are going to win four more years in our great White House. 
talks about anything political or government related get aggressive fast. But how can we diffuse those conversations? Smith believes that it's completely possible for families to discuss politics together. She claims that privilege is one of the reasons that the middle class and upper class families don't bring up these polarizing issues. There's no conversation because there's privilege, you know, and they have all these resources. They don't talk about what's real. This is an election year. I'm asking you, your white guy, do you know who you're voting for yet? Don't know, do you? Now you see that? You see what just happened here? Let me tell you something, that is a cultural thing. Robinson believes that the root of the problem is in the politicians themselves and the lack of civility we hear time after time in political speeches. Well, in addition to the NRA, uh, the health insurance companies, the drug companies, uh, the Iranians, um, <laughs> probably the Republicans. <laughs> Lock her up is right. We can work both ways from the bottom up or from the top down. Like, I just think the top down approach is going to work better because then you're addressing the actual problem and then the way down. Because if you start with the people, when's that ever going to trickle up? But both Smith and Young argue that the bottom-up approach would be more effective and that we should be encouraging these dialogues starting at a younger age. Smith believes that students are capable of understanding more than we give them credit for. I personally believe that little kids are smarter than what adults think they are. They see things, they hear things, and they absorb it like a sponge, and then they use it. Young reflects on her own education and how social norms encouraged unbiased teaching. No one's impartial. Everyone has their own stake in this and their own opinions and beliefs. And like, I think when you're open about that, it's easier to be able to call like a teacher out and say something that's biased if you know like where they're coming from. She also says it's important that citizens recognize the intersectionality of politics in everyday life and identity. I think especially in schools that you have like a class that you take in like high school and it's one class where you learn to discuss politics and government is harmful in a way. When politics are brought up in the classroom setting, Robinson feels like moderators provide a key role in the debates, but more often than not, they don't fulfill those roles. There's letting it be a free-for-all. Like there has to be, if you're going to talk about it in class, there has to be rules and there has to be mutual respect. Despite the challenges posed by politics and the polarization of the current climate, the students remain hopeful. Robinson, Smith, and Young all say there are possible solutions to the problems facing us today, shedding light on the potential for a society where Americans can talk about their government together. I think just it is important that we start talking about these things openly, and I hope there is a way we can learn to do that without taking things personally and emotionally. And I think that does start with education. This is Haley Danielson reporting.